Hey guys, this is John uh, here with Jake again. Finally, it's been a been a long time apart, so uh, we're here with uh, episode ten of VP Precision. Uh, we're gonna uh, squeeze it in. Jake's got some stuff going on tonight, and I am in a hotel over Wi-Fi. So I'm hoping this Wi-Fi holds. So far, so good. We're we're streaming over Skype. In, so you're in Canada, aren't you? <laughs> Back in Canada. So any of you guys that listened to episode nine and a half and nine and three quarters, uh, <laughs> long story short, while we were recording the podcast on the way home. We got a message from the outfitter that was potentially an option to come back up if we do a variety of things on our end as far as some costs and and covering some things and 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 then obviously not we're not going to fly in or use his horses we're doing a, a, a different route into a different area and the only time we could do it was right now so I got home uh, worked like crazy and. Uh, Talked to my wife, and while we're both not thrilled begged, about it, and begged your wife. No, I honestly, <laughs> I gotta be honest, I, I didn't. We, I had a frank discussion. Uh, um, you know, Ben's done a ton for me um, over the years. This is the very least I could do is try to help him get a ram. She understands the situation, and while, like I said, we're not really excited. We're, uh, she's supportive and she's awesome. And, uh, I was homesick before I left. And so I'm back. I just landed in up in BC, uh, a couple flights today where, uh, I'm leaving super early tomorrow. Um, and I'm hiking in with a guy from up here and what we're going to do, cause Ben, um, still catching up on work. Um, we're going to go in, try to find a Ram so he doesn't have to spend as much time this time and we kind of have a limited time if we find one i'm going to send him an inreach message he's going to fly up we're going to head out and get him we'll camp on the ram one of us will go out and get him come back in and it probably take two days to get in out and in and then hopefully we can make something happen so stand by we might have an episode 10 and a half for a quick update <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see uh, but yeah, I'm, you guys uh, are pretty savage. It's, it's, it's a little ridiculous. This is, this is over the top for anything we've done. Uh, I don't, I don't, I need to be home. I, uh, I'm very th- thankful for the opportunity to be able to do this. I'm, I'm really excited. It's a beautiful country. I edited pictures on both flights just about done. I can't wait to share those with you guys. And, uh, but it's going to be, it's going to be rough. It's going to be tomorrow. I'm kind of mentally pre- preparing for a very, uh, a tough, a tough hike. It's, uh, the guy I'm going with is a, is a, he's younger. He's an animal. He's in really, really good shape. I'm in pretty good shape because I spent a much time up here. Uh, so I'm not too worried, but I'm kind of getting in my head ready for a long day of pain tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's going to be some serious elevation and some serious miles covered to get where we need to get to on foot. I think we got to pack a raft in to get across a big river that's going to be we'll see how that goes so we got we got we got we got some things to do so it should Sweet. be fun so yeah i've been missing you uh i haven't seen you seen you forever haven't hardly talked to haven't talked to hardly anyone at home and kind of been out of the loop but you've hit a couple matches while i was gone anything else uh works going all right and everything yeah, work's going really good. Okay. Uh, we've been staying uh, super busy at JC Steel, so we've been awesome. shipping boxes out and taking care of people's target needs, and uh, obviously doing the 
online training still. So all the people that are doing the precision rifle online training, they just get that right through the website and that's been good. So we've been doing some maintenance on that. Good. Um, but I am pumped about this episode. This has been a long time coming and we're really excited. Truly our first big giveaway, uh, that we're doing. And so we have three people at random that were selected for the trigger tech giveaway. And so we're going to give those away and, uh, we're going to do that at the end of the episode, but for you guys that are listening, um, listen for the whole uh, episode because we will give those away. And then please message us if we call your name, message us, and then uh, we're going to collect your addresses. We're going to ship you a trigger. Um, really, you know, cool thing that Trigger Tech's doing. So, and that's going to be three different individuals. We're pulling those at random off of our Facebook and our Instagram, which is our VP Precision episode seven. Yeah. Um, Man, I'm, I'm, I'm really pumped about this episode, uh, episode 10, because we can talk about a couple matches that I went to. We can talk a little bit about your, uh, your hunts, and then we'll kind of roll into some of the things that we're, um, you know, wanting to talk to, you know, talk about some match preparation, some during match game management, um, not letting some of that stuff get away. So, yep. yeah, I, I was able to shoot a couple matches and. Love Did pretty it. good. Yeah. So what? So let's see. While you were gone, there was uh, uh, an Idaho PRS match and yep. a Montana qualifier PRS match. I was actually signed up for that Montana match and bought non-refundable airline tickets and everything. And I got home the day that's, that was supposed to fly out. So I skipped that and hung out with the family for a few days. And but I missed you guys there. So I guess start with the start with the Idaho. I don't I don't know a lot about these matches. It kind of withheld some questions just kind of waiting to see what, what you know what happened on here so what start with the idaho match what how'd that go down how was the course of fire all that stuff so the idaho match was really good i think it was the smallest precision rifle match um this year uh, okay. they just didn't have the signups that you know they were hoping for but we all showed up we shot it it counted for points and i tell you what it was one of the better courses of fire i've shot Really, uh, props to those guys. They worked really hard on it and they put together a challenging course of fire. That was, you know, really just a, 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 a super fair way to run a match. Um, a, a lot of targets in the a 400 to 900 yard range. And so you had to oh, work cool. on movement. You had to work on time management. You had to work on getting all your rounds off. And, uh, I, man, I had a really good time down there and it was, good. you know, seven hours away. So it was something I could actually drive to That's nice. for, us, for us Northwest guys. It's, there's not very many opportunities like that. We're, we're so far isolated that it's 10, 12, 15 hours sometimes to all these matches for us. Yeah. Well, I'm going to just, just for full candor, I'm going to throw a gripe out there. Um, <laughs> attendance is definitely something that, um, we, we've discussed, it's like, well, shoot, you go to a K&M and there's 200 guys. And then you go to a match like this and you said it was the smallest match this year. It was so obviously yep. less than 200. I think quite, a, I think under 50, I don't know exactly, but, yep. but that being said, you know, I wasn't there. So then I'm like going, man, it's hard to compare these matches with other matches. I think part of it's a little bit of, um, a little bit of politics with the national rifle league, you know, maybe being a little more popular prevalent at this time in, in the West. And so I think the NRL matches seem to be signing mm-hmm. up a little bit more. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into that a whole lot. PRS is still strong. It's super strong on the East. There's still some real big matches out here. Um, however, 
it was funny talking to a couple guys of who showed up at that match. While there might not have been a, a large attendance, wasn't there like eight or ten different match winners at that, like recent match winners <laughs> yeah. at, that, at that match? It was stacked. So someone came to me and they said that this was the highest percentage of match winners for the whole field of any match ever. Yeah. And it was like, you know, 35%. So 35% of all the people that were at this match had one <laughs> two day national level match. That's awesome. That's pretty darn unheard of. That's like going to a, a regular match and having, you know, 40 people there that are yeah. top level, you know, match winning kind of people. That's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. No, I think that, that made me feel a little better. Cause be, being, you see some, I've seen matches in the past where like, it's, you know, you're like, whoa, who, uh, you know, not, not to be rude, but you're like, well, who was there? Who won? There's, man, I, you know, and then it happens. And I've been to something like that and everyone, you know, has been. But when I heard like how stacked that was, I was like, geez, that would have been a, that would have been fun to watch. I mean, like you said, being close quarters and seeing everybody shoot and all that stuff. So that's, that's interesting. How did, uh, I didn't want to go on tan. I just thought about that and I thought I'd throw it out there because I'm sure other people have the same, similar thoughts at some point. But, um, exactly. What, what, um, any any particular stages stand out to you there? I know it's been a few weeks, but anything that was that's particularly unique or creative, or just was it a good, just a good balance of, of of standard stages? So probably the number one stage that stuck out was the stage that I lost it on, um, <laughs> and it was a it was a very brutal stage. I I shot really well on about every single stage besides that. Um, Okay. And if I would have cleaned that, I think I would have won the match. But wow. and so that one was the one that stuck out to me. I got a one on it. I haven't got a one in a long time. Uh, but I tell you what, it absolutely kicked my butt. I I couldn't figure it out, and it got the best of me. So was it? Um, did you? It make... was a prone, the prone stage over the for four rounds. Okay. Um, basically alternating at targets from uh, one at one target at like seven ninety and one target at nine. 50 or something like that okay the post target was a skyline type of target where it had a backdrop about 250 or 300 yards behind mm-hmm. and then the the far target had a backdrop about three yards behind so you had to kind of notice what was going on and a lot of people were seeing their misses to the left or the right of the target but weren't really they weren't realizing that the bullet was impacting 12 inches or 15 inches further one direction because the wind was moving it after they missed the target 300 or 400 yards downrange. Yep. So it was a really kind of uh, a target. You started off four rounds from the prone, alternating close, far, close, far. And then you got up and you ran to a, a rock, uh, basically like a four foot rock. It was a super awkward position and you did the same thing um, for six rounds, alternating back and forth, six, six rounds and prone. I, uh, typically shoot pretty good in the prone. My dopes too good. I was watching trace go in and I just, I don't know my, either my eyes were playing tricks on me or I just shot that really, really bad, which is really what I think happened. Um, (laughs) and I got zero from the, so now I, now I'm like, are you kidding me? I hadn't dropped four shots all day, but I got there. So now I get up to the, the rock position. It's a little bit more awkward of a position. So you can't quite follow 
your shots and I happened to luck into one more impact. And so I got a one on that stage and it was pretty, it was pretty brutal, uh, for me. Cause I was right there with, with everyone else at that point. Um, Jeez. but I tell you what, uh, Nick, Godarzy yep. and Steve Eames, Steve ended up winning the match. So oh, he cool. got another, uh, national win. I think he's won three or four now. And then, uh, Nick, got second they kind of walked away with it and then i was in third place so i ended up getting third place that match it was a okay man it was a fun match super tough match uh, fun match um those guys did a great job very cool very cool any other things that stick out from that match you want to go over before we move to montana or um any topics or anything? Uh, you know I, I i like some of the dynamic stuff that they had and they really did open to the shooters to have a little create uh, creativity so for example they had a spinner stage. Uh, they had a hole in the middle of the spinner and I'm going to steal this for my match in November, the uh, blue Ridge PRS okay. match. Cause I, cause I thought it was a, a cool shoot of target. You only got shots. You only got points for the targets behind the spinner and there was a hole in the middle of the spinner. So okay. either you got to move it out of the way and, or you can go through the middle of the hole and hit it. It was pretty unique. So okay, cool. Um, we'll definitely try that in November. Okay, sounds good. We're getting. A, I hope this doesn't come through too bad. We're getting a little bit of. It's cutting out a little bit on the Wi-Fi, but we're gonna keep going here. So bear with us a little bit for this episode. But um, okay. Um, the let's see. Then we went, was a week or two later. Then you went over to Montana, which was actually a PRS qualifier. I think it's called Defy the Distance. I. Did Defiant sponsor that or who sponsored that? Yeah, that was a title sponsorship was, which was Defiance. Okay. Okay. Another really good match. I I tell you what, it was another really good match. It was a super tough match, really windy and tricky wins. They had probably, I'd say a, a a mix of about 60% pro modified prone compared to 40% over some sort of a prop or a barricade, natural terrain, something like that. Okay. So you had to be on your, your wind game for sure. And was it pretty windy? Yeah, man, I was, I was very fortunate to, uh, to come away with a win there. So that a boy, that's what I'm talking about. So the yeah. old, the old eight tips flew straight, I suppose. No, I tell you what, man, I, I love those bullets. <laughs> you still, you you still love. All right, I haven't, I haven't talked to you about those in a while. So those looking pretty good. I think, I think old Tate <laughs> took a match down the other day with those two. It seems like they're hanging in there pretty good for everybody. So I'm anxious to try them at some point. Yeah. So they're yeah. pretty awesome. Um, the uh, anything stuck out there stage wise? Anything you know different or creative? I heard there were some blind stages or something. I don't know if that's. Any, they know. had a, a really unique blind stage. It was an 18 shot blind stage Whoa. and you didn't know what you were getting into, but you had all the target distances. And okay. so you get over there, you have all the target distances. Your first couple shots are off. Hand, and then you follow that with you two shots offhand at a target, at like 150 yards. And then you do two shots kneeling target, same target, 150 yards. And then you can drop down to any position, and there was some prone targets out there up over the top of this uh, kind of knob, rock rock knoll or whatever. Okay. You drop down, you shoot targets at 400 and 700 and 900, nice. two shots each. So that was 10 shots. And then you move over. All this is on the same clock time. Then you move over probably 100 yards, and you shoot another 
uh, position, which was super downhill. You're, you're sitting on like a 45 degree angle. So you had to deploy all your gear, obviously on clock because you didn't know what you were getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. So you had to do a tripod or a super long bipod in the sitting position, Okay. something like that. All those targets were fairly close, but you had to really manage your gear better. What did you uh, run you for know, that? All in gear wise. So some people can make, what did you run gear wise so for I decided that? to put right on my, you know, right at the get go, I decided to put my skypod on because it has a little more adjustability. Okay. Um, I put that on, I get over there and I run those legs all the way down and as close together as they can go. And I ran a semi-modified prone position laying sideways on the hill. Oh, perfect. And I was able to get all my shots off, which ended up being pretty stable. I didn't have enough room for my reader bag under I had to run just my thumb or my hand because it was, I just couldn't quite get up tall enough. Yep. Um, I did see a lot of people after we were done shooting, you're able to kind of watch everyone else come through there. I did see a lot of people try to deploy tripods, which is another, uh, pretty, you know, pretty solid way to run. Okay. Uh, some people tried to run off of their backpack and that wasn't the best way to run. Yeah. yeah. What um, was it? What was yeah. the time frame on that stage? How long was that? Five minutes so or each, what? Each unit or each section of that was three minutes and six minutes total, and it was a running clock. Gotcha. Okay. So by the time I got over to that second position, I think I only had like two minutes left. I had wasted four minutes hiking to the first position, shooting, and hiking to the second position. Oh, wow. So I'm really glad that that SkyPod was super adjustable. I could run that uh, a lot quicker, and I think I had 16 seconds left when I finished. That's awesome. That's cool. Did you have the that two oh. the two like the extended SkyPod, the two part one that gets pretty tall? Yep. That one's, I have the double. Gosh, I gotta get that. That thing's it. sweet. Yeah, yes. I gotta put that on my list. Um, yeah. Th- th- so so did it did it run well? I f- sometimes blind stages seem like a good idea, and and they end up not being great, and different things like that. Did you feel like it was a? Did it run really well? And everybody, I mean, it seems pretty. It sounds good. Was it any issues, or was it a pretty awesome stage? Uh, it was an awesome stage. There were no issues with it. Uh, there was no cool. backups with it. Cool. But one thing I noticed is that they had two ROs, and they busted their butts all day long, running back and forth. They oh, had a hundred. Cool. To run between positions to get back and pick up the next shooter. Oh, I got gotcha. you. So it was it was pretty awesome. Um, that's cool. Yeah, that's what I was wondering about really bottlenecks good. there. That's cool. Yeah. That it didn't bottleneck. So yeah, it didn't that, bottleneck. It was, uh, but they worked hard for it. So that's good. Right on. Well, good deal. Good deal. Um, let's see what else. Anything? Um, let's see what else. Sounds so. I don't know. I like, it seems like there's been more and more blind stages that, you know, with Arizona and different places, it seems like they're popular and I love when they run well. And, uh, yep. I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, shooting that first group and then running, you know, moving that far of a distance if your range permits. Cause then, you know, it's blind and you are definitely not talking to your, you know, there, you don't have guys coming back and telling anybody anything cause you're a hundred yards away. It's a, it's a good way to separate everything. So that, that's pretty cool. Exactly. I like it. I like it a lot. Right on. So kind of getting into, that particular match, one thing that I noticed and I really struggled with um, is, you know, oh, one was kind of not freaking out when things go bad. Uh, for example, I had a couple stages where I had I had shot really well all morning long. And mm-hmm. I think my first on day one, I had shot, there was 10 stages on day one. I had shot 
nine or I'd shot eight stages so far on day one. I only dropped one shot in Jeez. all eight stages. Okay. I was shooting really well. And then I get to this hay bale stage in Montana and it absolutely whooped my butt. And it's a, it was, an, <laughs> it was a very doable, easy stage. It just whooped me. Now that's a time where things go bad and I could have let that, you know, kind of get to me and, and somebody else mentioned to me because I went to the next stage. So on that particular stage, I dropped, I got a three on that stage. I think Ooh. I dropped seven shots on that one stage <laughs> and I'd only dropped one all day. Oh man! So, you know, there was, and then I went to the next stage and I believe I cleaned the last stage of the day as well, which was another pretty challenging, tough stage. And I think I was the only one in my squad to clean it. And I had a couple people come up to me right afterwards and say, man, Jake, the amount of, you know, kind of not letting those bad things get in your head and transfer to the next stage was, was, you know, pretty impressive. And so one thing that I like to think about is, um, do tell because I, cause I'm terrible at this. <laughs> this is, this is definitely an so, area I need improvement in. I, I, I move on pretty good, but I'll definitely, I'll get when you, especially when you know how well you're doing. You're like, oh, okay. This is, you know, you're on a pace. You're okay. I can take this. This is going well. And then you have that. We both kind of know what it means when there's a bunch of other good shooters there. You generally it's, Everybody gets beat up somewhat, but it's, it hurts bad when a stage like that happens. So this is definitely – I'm paying attention right now, so keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so I played a lot of baseball uh, growing up and in college, and I, I failed, you know, seven out of ten times I failed. And I was still considered a good hitter, yeah. you know, getting on base or having a 300 batting average, which is a pretty successful hitter. Yeah. That's failing seven out of ten times. And so my – my typical thought process is I completely try to forget about that. And I also try to learn from it. So what did I do? I, I really wrote it down heavy in my book. And so we've talked about on some other podcasts of recording some of those things. Why did you miss what was going on for me? I missed because of wind. Mm -hmm. I missed because of bad positions and I timed out. I literally, had everything go wrong for me in that one particular stage. <laughs> so I just write that down in my book and then I, I can go back and I can visit that later, but at the match is not the time to dwell on that or visit it or even think how you can, you know, go home and practice it, write it down in your book, forget about it, go and, sh and prepare for the next stage. Like you did the previous eight stages so that you don't have that in your mind anymore. And That's then when good. you get home, then it's the time to bust out your book and say, okay, how can I be better next time? So I don't let that happen to me, uh, for, you know, for that particular stage, even a, you know, a, a nine or a 10 or an eight would have been a very doable score in that particular position. But I shot so bad in, in, you know, it was a little bit of weak side. It was a little bit of strong side and it was some barricade stuff. I just shot so bad in that particular stage that, I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to think about doing uh, any sort of bad stuff because I love, love, love thinking positive and visualizing myself hitting every target. Mm -hmm. As soon as you let that crawl in your head of you just missed seven out of 10 or you just, you know, you screwed that stage up completely, that negative attitude will actually go with you to the next stage. So, yeah. you know, complete positive attitude. You got this. Don't worry about that. Forget about it. Okay. Next stage. 
let's focus on yeah cleaning this stage and going from there yeah i believe i mean that's a skill as as much as anything else we do in the sport is is developing that and practicing that and working on that small small failures work on it and just always it's something that i've worked on i've been aware of you've you've graciously you know reminded me of that at times and stuff and also you know i want to have a i want to have a good attitude and be nice i don't want to some guys i've seen you know they'll get so mad it'll ruin their I mean you can ruin your reputation doing that I definitely don't want to do and do that but also I for me it hasn't been that as much as just getting you know just getting down and letting it potentially affect you know another stage and 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 looking back over matches I've won and you'd be surprised that you can have a blow-up stage on some of these matches and you can pull it off if you can just pull it back together and say okay that was one stage and, and put right. back together. I'm getting better, but it is a skill. So be aware of it and practice it. Don't, you know, we have buddies, we have friends that are definitely, uh, you know, different spectrums of the, of the needing to work on this. <laughs> so it's, it's, I won't throw any names out there, but we, it's always fun. We joke around with each other, but definitely, uh, definitely something to work on. I love it. You're, you are, you're, you are super good at it. So, well, um, and, and bottom line is too, is that when you get, when you're shooting with a buddy, you know, we all want to, you know, we all want everyone else to shoot well uh, as well. And so when I see that you have a bad stage, you know, I, I typically let you have a minute to dwell on it and then yep. go up, Hey, pinch. It's all right, buddy. Here's this next stage. We're going to kill it. Let's not worry about it. Forget it. Uh, that, you know, whatever, just trying to continue that positive reinforcement mm-hmm. as a, you know, a co-shooting mentor or shooting coach or whatever. You just want to you just want to always look towards the positive um, and focus on how you can get better for that next stage. Absolutely. Because last stage is gone. It was over with. We either we prepared poorly for that or yep. a position that we haven't practiced or got used to. Yeah. You know, bottom line is we have to, you know, having, having good squad mates, having people that are there, friends or whatever that are willing to, you know, kind of lift you up. It is a big advantage in my opinion. It's, Absolutely. it's important. Absolutely. So on that stage, just more specifically getting a three out of a 10 and you said some weak side, what just quickly, what was it a, a barricade? What was it real quick stage wise? So this stage was uh, 10 shots. You yeah. shot two shots from a standing uh, position at a target at 250 yards, roughly. Okay. And then you drop down on, and you shot weak side, or excuse me, you shot uh, strong side or weak side, whatever one you wanted. I chose to shoot strong side on the left side of hay bales. You had a, probably a 16-inch alley to get through, and there was hay bales that came back on the left-hand side, okay. hay bales that came back on the right-hand side, and there was a hay bale in the middle standing up, and that's what you shot over your first two shots. Okay. Then you, you move down and you shoot uh, uh, four, excuse me, it, it might've been like a 12, 12 round stage. Cause you uh-huh. shot four rounds from the, the left side and you shot four rounds from the right side of these hay bales. Well, okay. I hit my first two, which was 250 yards. You should always hit those. Anyway, I hit yeah. those boom, boom. I go to my strong side for one. I had a hard time finding the targets. Okay. So that tells me that I didn't, uh, I didn't really visually put my eyes on those targets and visualize those targets enough to find my land markers gotcha. and to know where those targets were at. Um, there was also a little bit of awkward position. I liked laying straight behind the rifle. Well, you couldn't do that. You had to lay at a different angle. Um, and he had to be pretty canted over for me. It was canted over to the right because I'm a lefty 
and you had to try to find the targets being canted over to get by that hay bale. Gotcha. And I was just a little bit uncomfortable and I couldn't find the targets. I eventually found the targets. I got a one more hit on that side, but it took me a little bit, uh, a, a little bit too long. And then I okay. grab my rifle. I go to the weak side and again, I'm canted over and I'm weak side and I can't find the targets. Oh. I get one shot off. I miss and oh. the timer goes oh. off. So <laughs> it was like just an absolute oh. disaster. Just and a I train wreck. A, if I had a mulligan, I would have used a mulligan on it. Yeah, that's for sure. Cause Absolutely. I felt like, man, I got this. I could do this. I just didn't really prepare myself to, you know, uh, I didn't walk myself through it well enough to do well on the stage. And so yeah. that was my own mental fault. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't a, just clarifying that it wasn't a, you know, a 1200 yard long range stage and you got wind screwed or something. It was a pretty doable stage and you just, yeah, it, I get, no, that sucks. That's more painful. So got it. Everyone gets screwed on the long range wind stuff. That's all luck anyway. So, yeah. it, you know, that's all. Yep. Everyone gets a fair screwing on that. Yep, absolutely. So, okay. No, that's good. That's good. Well, congrats on winning that. That's a big deal. That Thank puts you. you, where does Thank that, I don't, I haven't looked at the points race in a little bit just because so I, MIA, but where are you I at? I think that puts me at 299 or 298.9. I think I'm going to be right up near the lead and i believe you're in first place in the country right now so i believe we're going to be so uh, one and two are we one and two boom i love it yeah. i love it there's that's a, what i'm talking about there's, yeah. a, there's a, a lot of other great shooters right there but uh, it does feel good to to be there for now so we're up, up at the very top three it's it's yeah. it's out of 300 points total so we're right up there at the top we're in good position for the end of the year so always a good feeling right. it makes it a little easier for me when i'm when i'm missing a couple matches to know that I'm still in a good spot, and if it comes down to the finale, we're still good to go. It makes it for me. It's easier to be gone, so I love it. I love it. That's Anything right. you you uh, you want to cover? You, you sent me a couple messages. It's a couple things to maybe chat about a little bit. Do you want to cover those at all, or what do you? A couple of those topics. Yeah, let's cover one of those. Yeah, which one you want to cover? Go ahead. Um, well, the ones pretty political. Um, let's let's talk about the the, the unpolitical one now because we're a little bit on a time crunch, and we'll hit this other one in another episode. The, just as a teaser, the other yeah. one is uh, is uh, shooters. Um, you know, I don't know if I want to say arguing for points, but we'll call it arguing for points. And um, so we'll talk about that later. We, we've all seen it, and uh, that'll be a discussion we we'll get into later. But um, it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen a little bit. So um, let's talk about the if you if you don't mind, let's shoot in Mirage and scope power. I ha- I actually had a couple messages today about that, and you know, we could hit that real quick. Yeah. What was one of these matches, Idaho or Montana, particularly Mirage, or? Or uh, both had Mirage. Okay. Idaho was over like the sandy, yep. you know, sandy environment of Boise uh, kind of area. And Montana was a little bit uh, not quite as hot. It was really hot in Idaho, like 95 or 98 degrees. Cool. So you had to figure out your Mirage real quick. For me, what I like to do in, in Mirage, because mm-hmm. Mirage, shooting Mirage sucks. Yep. And that's just the bottom line. You can't see, can't see anything as well. Everybody from the Southeast is laughing at us right now saying, you guys don't know what Mirage is. (laughs) Because they, they, they shoot in it a lot and you know, they, they have that ability to see that a lot. Now I, I, it still gets pretty hot here in Eastern Washington. So I have the ability to practice that quite a bit. But what I notice is that, uh, I tend to back my power down, uh, probably four or five at, 
X from what I usually. So if I'm if I'm running typically a 20 power mm-hmm. on a stage, I'll probably back it down in that uh, 14 to 15 power. And what I okay. am thinking about or why I do that is because Mirage is something that can be magnified. And I don't I don't want to see I don't want to magnify that uh, that Mirage. Mm-hmm. I want to try to see a little bit clearer picture. So I back it down so it it shows me a little bit less of that. I'm not magnifying it and trying to look through that a little bit more. That's just what I personally do. I don't know if there's a right or wrong way to do that. I, we were down in, in, uh, Tennessee and I was watching guys shoot at full power and it's like, man, how is that possible? But that, yeah, I was, I was going to say, I've had, I I know guys do turn their power down saying that, well, I don't know, 14 to 18 range. Um, but the, uh, did something just change or beeping anyway? Um, uh, so in Tennessee, when we were there, it seemed like it was, uh, it wasn't bad. Like I definitely got power turned up a little bit in the afternoons. It got pretty, it got pretty thick. Um, in Georgia, I got lucky too. It wasn't terribly thick for that NPA spring match. Um, but yeah, when it gets high, I, you definitely, you definitely got to back it down. Same with like out here hunting, you know, with you get your spotting scopes out and you're looking, sometimes it's, it's fun when you can crank those things all the way to max power and really look, but it's, it's pretty rare, even in cold, cooler, you know, clearer mountains. It's, there's not, it's, it's, it happens it happens less than you think where you can actually turn everything up on max power. You generally are kind of middle power that of that spot or, or at the bottom end, just it, it takes a pretty special situation to have everything be crystal clear at max power. So, um, and I'm talking, you know, in that 50 and 60 X range in a spotting scope, but, um, I don't know. I don't, or I don't generally go where you like to shoot. What was that? Four matches. Where do you generally like to shoot, and what would you recommend yeah. uh, people start on? Yeah. So I had a, that that question today. A guy was asking about that, and um, it was I I'm I'm a power guy, so I I generally run. Last year, I don't know. I I think I took my scope off a of twenty five power. You know, just a couple times, like just very very rarely. Um, maybe a close range mover that was, you know, back and forth. I wanted a bigger field of view, but I, I powered up pretty good this year. Um, kind of getting used to that, new, that, that reticle was loopholed switching scopes. I, I, I've backed down a little bit just because, um, I, you know, we're working on that not to tease it too much, but I think working on a new reticle and going to be a little thinner. Um, I, I like the, the look of it a little bit lower than in the past. So I, I, I will get closer to 18 and 20, but I still find myself, shooting a 25 a lot um even even with that thicker reticle so i think with a thin reticle i don't know if i'd ever leave 25 i just love it i know i know a lot of guys i, I know you generally shoot lower i know you know brisell he's i talked to him a fair bit he's I, he shoots a lot on 18 i think um so there's not a right or wrong answer some guys are like okay well i'll work on turning the power up because i i generally shoot at like 12 to 14 well that's not going to change a whole lot for you you need to do you know what you need to do and some guys need to run lower to find targets faster. So there's there's a lot of yep. different elements into that. Um, I, I, I one of my strengths is like I said is target acquisition, so I can run a little higher power and not burn up a lot of time. Um, it's just power does not. There's guys that win matches on 15 power. There's guys that win matches on 27 power. Preston runs his vortex at 27 power all the time. So he's another guy that's you know obviously a, a match killer at high power. So there's not a right answer. So don't get too hung up on you know, details like 
like that. There's, it's more personal preference, I think. But um, outside yeah. of Mirage, I think Mirage, you got to power down a little bit. Is what it is. But what do you do? You know yeah. what's your thoughts on? Um, I know some guys talk Mirage. They end up holding lower on the target because it's dancing up. Or if you, I haven't shot it enough to know or experiment with it enough to know on paper what where it's hitting. Have you have you heard about that or talked about that or tested that? Uh, my typical out here at Rock Lake, um, it, when it gets really miragey, I typically, uh, because it's dancing up, I'll just hold just a skosh low of where I think. Okay. Um, because I feel that the mirage is kind of floating that target up a little bit, um, and it's appearing like it's higher than it really is. Got it. So I might, if I if I start to miss a bunch or I start to kind of get in a situation where I don't really know where it's going, mm-hmm. I very well might favor a little bit low. And that's the only change I've really ever, okay. you know, thought about making. And it's not a lot. It's hard for me to yeah. to really take off, you know, a half mil because of Mirage. No, that's not that's not right. Um, Are you taking off maybe like a two tenths maybe? Say eight hundred yeah, target somewhere like in there. Yeah, like a tenth or two tenths and I'm trying just to, to clip it. the center of the target instead. So I might take off a tenth or okay something like that, but it, it is a minute adjustment, but, Makes sense. um, yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. Cool. That's perfect. Um, um, anything else? What's coming up? We got, um, NRL, we got NRL, uh, Rock Lake, Rock your, Lake. your home range. We got NRL match. I hope I'm home in time for that. I've signed up for that. I really want to get to a match. I've been, been missing, uh, missing shooting a little bit, kind of in hunting mode. Yeah. But um, I, that should be a good match, aren't we? Going to sh- I think we're going to shoot both sides of his range, kind of a new, you know, the the farm side and then the, the his range side. So two different days in two different areas. He's never done that before, so um, should should be good. But anyway. I'm getting pretty pumped about it. It's my home place, so we're going to see what happens. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. You get up, what you're over there. Gardazzi shoots over there. Adam shoots over there. So we got a bunch of got a bunch of locals we got to contend with. So. <laughs> We'll uh, yep. we'll take you out to some some fresh seafood at the casino the night before, so you're sick. <laughs> Ooh, what are you talking about? No, it's all good. Um, still be a happy camper. Oh, I know, I know. Um, uh, anything else? We're it's kind of an abbreviated episode a little bit. Just trying to we want to get some stuff out to you guys, and we haven't talked forever. So I was like, let's try to. I'll bring some stuff up. We'll try to do it in the in the hotel. But um, any other topics or you anything know, you want it. to touch on? Um, you know, I love it. Let's go over our our uh, giveaway winners Heck and yeah. call an episode. All right. You, you got the Facebook one. We're going to, we pulled one from Facebook and two from Instagram. So go ahead with the Facebook one. And we'll, yep. so are we going to send them, send them a message? Let's do, let's, we'll send them, we'll send you a message saying congrats on the respective platforms. If you haven't responded by the time we record the next episode, we're going to give it to somebody else. Is that that's, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, that's, fair. that's the plan. So we'll just, we'll say, Hey, congrats. You won. Uh, shoot us your shipping info and we'll go from that. If we don't hear from you, it's going yep. to the next person in the line. So what, who do you got from Facebook? Um, so we have, have a Facebook Walter and I'm going to butcher this, but it's okay. Um, Kujowski. So Walter Kujowski is our uh, Facebook giveaway winner and you get a trigger tech diamond right on. and free it charge and we will cover the shipping as well so just send uh send us your information i'll send you a message on instagram or excuse me facebook Mm -hmm. um get your information and we'll ship it right out to you so thanks a lot for 
for tagging everyone and uh, sharing the post, Walter. Yep. And then if we had a little uh, clap track, I'd put that in there. Congratulations. Clap, clap, clap. Anyway, on Insta- there you go. On Instagram, we've got we just uh, just pick these at random. So on Instagram, we've got uh, Tyler Jacobson photo. Uh, we'll send you a message and Jordan Painter. So we I'll send uh, both those messages out. I'll have Jake shoot went out on uh, on the Facebook and I'll send these Instagram ones out. And I'm stoked. Congrats, you guys. Thanks a ton to Trigger Tech for yep. uh for doing yep, that right. we really appreciate it we love their triggers um super cool company so thanks again trigger tech for doing that hope you guys love them and put them to good use and uh we do have some uh i won't give details out yet but we've definitely got some other items you know companies are reaching out we're we're not sure how we're going to move forward with with doing all this but we've got a couple things we're going to do we got some just teasers uh well we won't even tell you but next episode we'll talk about it we got we got some more giveaways and we'll try not to drag them on as long as this one this one we had kind of a gap with my hunt went a lot longer than expected and uh you know some things got stretched out so we'll do these next ones coming up a little quicker and we're excited to get you guys some more cool stuff and i really appreciate the companies uh doing that for 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 you guys so anyway it'll be uh it'll be fun so we're about we're about forty minutes. You want to wrap this one up, and we'll all go, good. go hunt for a week, and then hopefully get a ram. And, and we may do maybe good do. Luck, buddy. I appreciate it. It's gonna. I'm kind of mentally preparing for. Uh, this one's gonna be less less of a less enjoyable, more of a grind. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be work. So, all uh, we may do an episode ten and a half, like a quick update if something comes together. Otherwise, we'll say, well, we gave it a shot and it didn't work out. So. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we, we can we can make something happen. So, anyway, we'll uh, we'll be back. Um, like I said, pro- hopefully next week, and we'll talk about the next uh, next giveaway. And we got some more shoots coming up. We've got boy, it's coming. It's not long, man. October's coming up. We got September's gonna go by quick with some hunts, and then October's here. We got the AG Cup. We've got finales coming up. We've got a oh, lot of exciting stuff. So I'm I'm Jones, and I've been missing yep. my comp guns. Um, I've just, just shooting this six, five PRC. I just, Oh, on a side note, I just picked up uh, my 300 Norma's done. My buddy Brian's, uh, got that done. Uh, looks awesome. I can't wait to get it dialed. I got a hookup with, uh, uh, Sean, everybody in Canada hooked me up with some, some Norma brass doing a little wheeling dealing with him or Lapua 300 Norma brass. And so that gun's going to get, I'm going to start working on that. It's 26 inch proof. It's got the the new Curtis Helix action, um, still sorting out stock for chassis stock for that. Not sure what I'm going to do. It's going to have the 525 Mark V on it. Uh, a little bit longer, uh, longer range gun. I'm not sure what bullets I'm going to run yet. The maybe the 212, maybe the 230 A tips, maybe the 215 <laughs> or 230 Burger. I'm not. I'm not sure where I'm at with that yet. But I've got a handful of, of different things to test. So super excited to get that thing going, and that will be. That will go on uh, moose hunt in September um, up in Alberta. So I'm super jacked about that. I'm going to take the 6.5 PRC. I know it's a little small, but it's light. We're going to take that and the 300 Norma. So put those to work and, and hopefully get some more hunting, uh, hunting info for you guys. We got do have a lot of questions on the hunting side regarding tags and applications and, and different things like that. i got to figure out how to address that. Um, maybe get another guy on here that... Um, I've done a lot of that app- applying in a bunch of different states for years now, and so I can talk about some and maybe bounce some ideas off another guy. Well, Jake and I'll talk about that and get that sorted. So, 
Appreciate yeah. your guys' questions, your feedback. I just posted a video of shooting my Ram on my Instagram. I need to put that on the VP page, but um, I can't wait to get some pictures out to you guys. So pretty amazing area we were in, and that's that's, that's what I've been doing. I'm out of the out of the match world and can't wait to get get back in it, but I'm certainly enjoying some hunts right now. So anyway, um, I guess uh, let's wrap it up. You got stuff to do, and uh, we'll be back next week. So. Uh, Jake and John with VP Precision, episode number 10. We appreciate you guys. We thanks for the feedback. We love having you uh, uh, follow and listen, and and we hope we can provide you guys a little bit of value. So we really appreciate you guys. Thanks again, and we will talk to you later. Doodles. (laughs) I love the pause. (laughs) Attaboy.